0: And welcome in. It's uh, another edition of the morning slash, in this case, afternoon podcast. Wanted to wait a little bit simply because of the bowl game selections. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. Talk about bowl games. Talk about where teams are going. Talk about matchups. And hands, we have not had a chance to break down the uh, the debacle on Friday night with Utah getting worked by Oregon and losing the Pac-12 championship game. Now, Lloyd Cole usually joins us. We try to get it set up with Lloyd. And then he um, said that he needed more time, and he was not ready. And we we had scheduled it. We were going to tape this at 4 o'clock. And right now, Hans, I don't know what your phone says, but I got 4.03, and I tried to call. He's like, I'm not ready yet. I need more time.
1: Yeah, typical Lloyd call. Yeah. Typical Lloyd call, so wouldn't expect much
0: different. And I guess we'll just wait for him to call. Yeah, you texted him and asked him, what time are we recording? And what was his response? Said yeah, we're going at four o'clock. We're going at four. Yeah, so so you and I are going to start, and then uh, whenever he calls in, then I'll uh, I'll circle him in, and and we'll go from there. All right, so we got to start with Friday, and I don't know if there is a game, whether it be Jazz, whether it be Utah, BYU, whoever, that had gotten more attention and more excitement for one individual game than that game on Friday. I mean, everybody was just fired up. Um and ready to go and game started. Utah moves the ball down the field, gets stopped on a fourth and one, and then Oregon rolled after that. Hands and you and I were talking before we started recording this thing. We're still trying to wrap our brain around what happened because it was just it was that was as un Utah like as any performance I've seen from that team in a long time. Oh. Yeah, because it's a part. Pod- oh, because oh. it's a podcast. Look who's calling in right now. Hold on a second. Let me try to get him in here. Hi, Lloyd. Hey,
2: buddy. Hey, Rock.
0: Hey, uh, you, you, Lloyd, you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, we're, we're already recording this, so now you're part of the podcast. So thanks for joining us.
2: Nice
1: of you to join us. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> don't don't oh, come around hey here guys. once every year asking questions like that. Oh, hey, guys. Nice of you to show up. So, anyways, now that we've got Lloyd, I'll just continue on with your question, Scotty. Yes, um, it was a butt kicking. It was brutal across the board, and I'll be doing film review tomorrow. I I take Sunday to to enjoy the family, and we do the podcast. But I do all the post game analysis, and so I, I definitely have an understanding of this game. But I'll do the film review tomorrow. I'll have it posted somewhere around ten thirty or eleven but I know what it's going to be and it's going to be total trench domination both sides for Oregon and it's also going to be Oregon showing up defensively with nastiness and aggression you know you talked about the fourth and one stop Uh, Moss was a little bit hesitant in the backfield and Oregon did a really good job they actually had nine in the box on that play and they walked a safety up and That safety was nasty all game long, and they were ugly at the point of attack. Remember, I was breaking down what Oregon does defensively. I told you they'd get into their chest, they try to extend, and then they try to rotate, move into their gap, and they did those things well. Um, What what I didn't expect was for their offensive line to be able to control the line of scrimmage with throw two and an eye and the rotation, And to be able to just really solidly set pockets, Herbert had plenty of time to blow throughout the night. So it was just a bummer. I I didn't expect Trench to go the way it went because that is not how it looked against Arizona State and Oregon State the two weeks leading up to this game.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that was a rough time for Utah, for Oregon to play one of their better games of the season. And, you know, you bring up uh, Breeze, uh, the safety you know, he gets away with what I thought for sure was gonna be a helmet to helmet and a targeting. Like I thought he was gone. And then they keep him into the game and and it's almost like the kid's like, Well, I'm playing with house money right now. I probably shouldn't even be here yeah. right now. And he played yeah. like a like a like his hair was on fire the rest of the game.
1: It's a great way to put it. Um, I was watching the, the UFC fights last night and they had a heavyweight fight right before the main event. And this big heavyweight kicked this um, other heavyweight, Steph Struve, kicked him two times right in the boys, hard. And the second one, he kicked him so hard that I thought they were going to just disqualify him. Well, they took a point away. And he was then way behind on the cards. And he came out after Stefan Struve said he would go on He came out and knocked Struve out because he was so far behind in the cards. And then in the post game, he was like, I had no option. He's like, I knew I was, I was, like you said, I was playing on house money and I just had to let it all hang out. And that's what he did. It's like, no, I get to stay in the game. Oh, well, let's party. And this guy was disruptive and he was destroying guys. He nearly ripped Dixon in half and with a clothesline that was just gnarly. And he was he was spectacular. And Scotty, they outphysicled the University of Utah. They they beat him in physicality and aggression. And that was probably the biggest surprise of the night for
0: me. Yeah. Lloyd, what jumped out at you watching that thing?
2: How aggressive Kyle Whittingham was. Like nothing we've ever seen before. I thought I thought the uh it was a very like I know he's been more aggressive than he has, you know, last year he's there pretty aggressive on, on, uh, you know, on fourth down. So I thought when they, they were at a certain position and this year I thought they were aggressive probably because they, they had one, they didn't trust, they they don't trust any of their, really, they don't trust their special teams. They don't trust their kicker. Um, but I have I don't like, it just doesn't seem like I've seen Kyle put his defense in that bad a position so many times. Like you might do it, see him do it like once or twice, but as as many times as you did, it was it was just uh. I mean, the guys played; the guys were playing tight from the start. I mean, the the, the commentators kept talking about how they kept going over to the sidelines. They kept seeing the you know the the players, Utah's players, and they just looked like they were shocked. And that was when it was like I think it was like ten zero. They were just shocked, and I and I was, I, I kept waiting for them to back, and, and finally they did in the third quarter, but it was a it was a a weird game, and we talked about it a whole week where he said they can't have a slow start can't have a slow start and I mean they, you know you can't have a slow quarter whatever they had a slow first half and that's i mean that that's what i mean that game was probably pretty much locked by halftime
0: yeah and it just felt like the whole game and and I watched it with some utah uh fans that were neighbors and 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 it just felt like you know what you when it just it just, for whatever reason, offensively, they'd been so good this year, and Tyler Huntley had been so accurate and made such great decisions. And, and a few people I was watching the game with got really upset, thinking, well, Tyler Huntley's not playing well. And I'm like, well, yeah, the guy's running around trying to stay alive out there because his offensive line was just getting just bulldozed. That number five, was it Thibodeau, or I can't remember his name, but that number five was just living in that backfield. And, and there was really very little Utah could do from a protection standpoint to give Huntley any kind of time whatsoever.
1: Yeah, and then Huntley reverted back to his old self and yep, yep. Dro- dropped his eyes. It was crazy right there in the third quarter. started lifting it, had a drop off the moss that went for a touchdown, and things started to crank for a minute. But I just didn't expect him to revert back. I didn't expect him. And I know.
2: Stay in that groove for as long as he stayed in that groove. Yeah. It was on and off like all game. Like you, you'd see him like go back to Old Huntley. Then he'd come back and you'd see him find some, you know, find some guys and you're like, okay, there he goes. He looks like he's about to scramble. Then he finds a guy and he passes it off to him, whether it was Moss or um, Keithy or something. And then he would revert back. Like it was just, uh, it was, it was back and forth. I mean, it was, it really was. Just like it was hard to explain. He just kept going back and forth with with, with who
0: he was. Yeah, it was was tough to watch. And the problem was, Hans, you look at how the rest of the Saturday played out. Oklahoma really struggled against Baylor, but was able to come back and win that game. Ohio State loses. Uh, It just, everything just kind of set up nicely for Utah. Had they won that game and won it by seven to 10 points. We'd be talking right now about Utah being in the college football playoff. There's no doubt in my mind whatsoever. They would I don't, I would have been shocked considering how the rest of the weekend played out. If, uh, if, if Oklahoma would have left Utah, Utah would be in right now.
1: Well, and that just goes to show you what was on the game. And, And we did talk about this, just the dramatic nature of the turn of events on winning and losing. And we said, man, you would think worst case scenario would be Cotton Bowl, but you know you kept saying, Scotty, throughout the last couple of weeks, well, I don't know if there's always that Alamo Bowl chance. And now here we are, looking at Utah headed to the Alamo Bowl against
2: the Texas Longhorns. Yeah. Well, you lose the way the, the way they did. Like at least at least if it's a close loss, then maybe you get a little more love. Yeah. But you got you got blown you, you got blown out. You really did. Yep. You pretty much you pretty much were blown out. Um, your defense gave up more yardage than it ever has. I, I think you tweeted out a stat. What was it 177 yards or 189 yards more than it more than their average? Hands? Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh,
1: 100, 180 plus over there. What they've typically been giving, yeah. up, giving up on like, the ground?
2: You got you got blown out. You didn't even have a good showing. So whatever the national media saw, they saw that and they're like, "Wow, I don't think I want to put you in any sort of bowl." Yeah, you know, it was a bad it was a bad look.
0: Just really a horrific drop by Utah. I mean, to go from a college football playoff spot all the way down to the Alamo Bowl. I mean, that is that is a really difficult drop. And and frankly, and Ans as a player, you can talk on this like, I know that you had a disdain for bowl games, but you would have loved to have played in that Cotton Bowl. I know that was your redshirt year, but nobody was complaining about the Cotton Bowl because it was such a great game, a historic game, and... And yeah. uh, and just unlike anything BYU really did or really had done in the past, so that's great, that's awesome. But then you go back and now you're playing in a game that, frankly, probably there's some players that don't really want to play in this game now. And and yeah, there's a good
1: there's a good there's a good chance Texas win that game. I know that's and the thing.
0: I, I don't I, I don't know.
1: Like if I'm Moss, do I play in that game? You know, I, I, I don't. I, know how I any would many
0: of the seniors do. I mean, if I'm Jalen Johnson, do I play in that game? No, especially after what you saw. What happened to Blackman? No,
1: I I just don't at this point. I feel like you know my draft stock's where it needs to be. I'll get ready for my workouts, and uh, you know, still if I'm I don't know if I'm if I'm lucky for two, probably Bobby and I I'd probably play in the trench. Jalen, no underclassmen coming out, maybe, but I don't know definitely not Moss. Tyler Huntley will go. He'll go 100%. Um, Francis Bernard, he'll go. And, and he'll go 100%, I'm sure. But I, I've got the feel that there's going to be a game. And I know this is a seven-win Texas team, but they were in a dogfight with yeah. LSU. Do you remember that was like week two or week three? Yeah. It's like 38-33 or something LSU. like that, yeah. Yeah, man. It was a... It was a classic dog fight. I, I do remember I, I actually sat and watched an entire half of the Texas-Oklahoma State game, and they beat Oklahoma State, and I think Oklahoma State was favored in that game, if I, if I remember right. I think that was week four or five, so you got to go back a, a little while, but Texas got a win. Probably the best win was against that Oklahoma State team. And they've, they've been in a dogfight against some some good teams. I think that this is going to be a little bit more of a, a motivation for them. You know, it's not nearly as far to travel. Probably going to have a, a decent sized fan base there. And and this is it was the worst case scenario for uh, postseason for the yeah. University of Utah. Yeah. And then you also, but the Lord's, but the Lord's point is probably what they deserve. Oh yeah, no, you show up, you show up like that. And by the way, I want to set this record straight on this because I, I turned off Twitter because everybody wants to make the argument that Utah was way overrated and way overhyped and didn't play anybody and didn't do anything to deserve the respect. And I, I, I disagree with all of that. You know, they ran eight straight through the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 isn't full of garbage teams. You know, they got plenty of money and plenty of resources to get out there and recruit. And it's not like they were eking by some of these wins like Oklahoma did before they faced Oklahoma State and of course Baylor and, and showed some power. But you remember Oklahoma was just after the Kansas State loss, they were leaking by teams. Well, Utah was just going out there and destroying these teams by 30, 35 points. And and I think that they deserved the praise and I think that they're a better team than what showed up. And, and believe me, guys, I've been on teams that have just gone out and laid an egg and underachieved. And Scotty, I remember you talking to Coach Mack and Coach Edwards about five years ago. Um, I maybe it was one of the... Football Friday was like five years ago. And you asked Lavelle, could you tell when your teams were going to show up? Did you, could you know, like through the week of practice, did you know when they were going to show up? And his answer was always, you know, Scotty, there were weeks during preparation where I thought that we were going to light the place on fire, that yeah. we were going to blow teams out and just run away with it, and they showed up and played lethargic and lazy and ugly football. And then there were times where I thought we were in trouble. We couldn't run a single play without having to redo it and try to get it right. And then they show up and blow a team out. And I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to why Utah did what they did. I don't I don't understand how they could show up with that, that lack of physicality. I don't think that this was an overrated team that just Needed a deeper look and less respect. This was a good team that came out and laid a gigantic egg.
0: I do you, think it's, you had a go, go ahead, buddy. I just think it's funny you got a tweet, uh, and it just after all the grief we've been getting all year from Utah fans about not loving up Utah enough, and it was just it, it just cracked me up that we got a tweet here from uh, Mitchell who tweeted. She goes, "I don't know why the local media hasn't been more skeptical." skeptical the Utah success is fool's cold. I'm like, Mitchell, have you not seen Utah Twitter all season long? Where they're like, why aren't you talking more about Utah? It's like, it's just, I don't know, for whatever reason, that cracked me up. Because it's like, oh, jeez, man, we've been getting killed all year saying that we're down on Utah. And then uh, Utah loses, and now we're getting killed for being too high on Utah.
2: It's amazing well, remember, what the lenses do. What, when you're wearing different lenses, what that does for you. Yeah. You know, B, this is a chance for BYU to fans to really kind of, and I saw on Friday night, they're piling on along with, you know, Oklahoma fans, LSU fans. I mean, all of all, all national fans, whatever. They were all going, going at, at Utah for losing that. And I, I don't, I, I'm not buying into it. I'm with you, Hans. I'm not buying into it that this team is, is, was, uh, is crap, and they're, they're just uh, overhyped, whatever. I'm, I'll just say this. You know what? You know what happened? They choked. It, they choked. It, it happened. Good teams, really good teams, I mean, dang good teams, they choked. It happened. They have seen it in the national championship. And and,
1: and props to Mario Cristobal. He, he, he had those Oregon Ducks ready, and they came out and bought out, guys, and you saw it. They, they played an amazing game, but I think it took a little bit of both. I think it took Utah not playing to the level that they can and Oregon playing to the highest level that they could to get that type of win. It's like, I was saying to a Scotty, shoulders. it's like I was saying to Scotty before we got going on this thing, you know how I chart the good and bad plays for these games, Lloyd, and so I've got these points of reference. I've got 12 negative charted plays in the first – oh, sorry, 12 positive charted plays for Oregon – in the first half, which is, you know, relative to a negative play for the University of Utah, um, 12 and not one positive play for Utah the entire first half, not one that that's how dominant it was. It was Oregon was all over the place and Utah special teams you know, giving up returns and giving up a block punt. And it was just over and over and every aspect and category. These guys were flat. And this is a good team that just came out and played flat football and, and choke.
0: Yeah. Uh, so now you get set to take on Texas. We'll talk more about that game coming up over the next couple of weeks uh, as they get a showdown. Remember, Texas just blew out. I believe their seems like their entire defensive coaching staff, Todd Orlando, who was the uh, former defensive coordinator with Matt Wells at Utah State? Uh, was their DC uh, for the last couple of years with Tom Herman and just got fired, and so they're going to have to uh, regroup with a new defensive, uh, with a new def- well they they haven't hired a new defensive staff. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to handle things in the bowl game. Uh, we'll learn more about that. Uh, BYU gets a uh, an old whack opponent as they'll take on Hawaii in the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve. And uh, that'll be fun. I mean, I think that's good for BYU fans. That the islands over there could not that that bowl game could not be happier than having BYU and Hawaii, two of the biggest draws uh, in the islands, uh, to play in that game. That game's going to be packed, and hopefully some BYU fans make the trip out there. I think that's a fun matchup uh, against a not a particularly good defense in Hawaii, but they've got a really really good offense. Well,
1: yeah, this is a Hawaii team that
2: just played for a Mountain West Conference championship, yeah. right? I mean. <laughs> They're doing something right. Yep. I'd like to draw the short stick and cover that one. I'll
0: I'll take one for the. You really team. want to go on Christmas Eve yep. though? You're not probably flying back until Christmas Day. You think Jessica's oh going to be God, okay I'm with sorry. that?
2: Have you met my kids? They're driving me nuts today. No, <laughs> I, I, I love my kids. I really do, but they they are driving me nuts today.
0: I'm, <laughs> having a rough so day. If you
2: ask me today, then the answer then the answer is yes. So yes. Uh but that's be fun, you know, the fun, what what would be fun is if the three of us got to
1: take our families and and just did a handsome Scotty Show family trip addition to the whole island. That'd be fun. <laughs>
2: Oh, I gotta imagine the whole staff would love that.
0: Yeah, all that. Yeah, that would sit well with everybody.
2: <laughs> that would be great.
1: <laughs> what, what would be crazy is we'd bump into the entire sales staff and and management
2: group there.
0: that <laughs> I, I
2: could happen. was more Mexican or so
0: whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's, no, it's, yeah, it's all across the globe. Yeah, exactly. Europe, wherever they'll 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 be there. <laughs> Uh, Utah State. Yeah, they uh, are going to Frisco, Texas, which is just outside of Dallas. They're taking on Kent State in the Frisco Bowl. Uh, that game coming up on the twentieth. So we'll have uh, we'll have the play-by-play coverage of that. Uh, ask me what I know about Kent State. It is nothing. I don't know anything about them. So,
1: well, I could, I could tell you this: they played they, they played twice, I think, and they're one and one against each other. <laughs> So is this the tiebreaker? They played twice, haven't they? I I, I saw the release earlier today, and I thought, huh, I, they, this is not a common opponent. This is not somebody that any of us are familiar with. I, do you know anything about this team, Scotty?
0: Um, no, I don't know anything about this no. team. Uh, you got some studying to do. Uh,
1: outside of that, uh, outside of that, like some bowl matchups. Um, I was talking to you, Scotty. The Vegas Bowl is going to be fun. Boise State yeah. and Washington kicking the bowl season off. That, like you said, that's a kind of a Chris Peterson, an interesting Chris Peterson storyline right there.
0: By the way, Kent State is six and six on the season. Uh, you got a common opponent in Toledo. Uh, they lost to Toledo thirty-five to thirty-three, and what? that's about it. I mean, not a common it, opponent. It, it, you got a uh, BYU played Toledo, Utah State played BYU. I'm, I don't know. I'm, look, this is I, that's all I got for you.
2: It's it's really I, – well, I, my what was because they lost to Toledo. Toledo's not all that great, right?
0: No. Well, they beat BYU, and Utah State lost to BYU, so.
1: Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, but BYU beat USC, and, and USC's all world-beater now.
0: Their last, uh, their last three home games, they've averaged eighty four hundred fans at Kent State, so that's good. Oh, man. That was oh, be a, both, well game. both of them did play Auburn too. Auburn beat uh, oh, Kent okay. Ken State fifty five to sixteen. Utah State lost to them. What was it forty two to six or something like that? So there you go. Mm-hmm. That's all I got for you. But uh, trust me, when the game rolls around, we'll have more information on who Kent State is.
2: We'll be a little bit more educated on, on, on these teams. Yes. We'll, we'll get it down.
0: Yeah.
2: Really, so you guys, really what, dive deep? what did you guys think of how far Utah fell in the rankings? Uh deserved. No, you? I thought I thought it was I thought it was Uh I thought it was kinda of funny that uh that they're I mean the only three locked teams in the top ten is Wisconsin. I thought it was kinda of crazy that they jumped in the top ten. But but I thought it was deserved. Yeah, that they uh, they, they drop and They, they dropped six spots. I've seen I've seen teams drop worse. I, I guess. When I mean, I, Oregon I, lost to Arizona was, State, deserved. they lost.
0: They dropped what seven or eight spots, didn't they? Nine, I believe. It was. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. They dropped nine spots. Nine spots.
2: <laughs> nine. <laughs> so, um. You. What? What were your thoughts?
1: Well. Um. I thought, like Scotty said, I, I think it's deserved. And I, I think after that performance, I kind of threw my arms up and said, do what you will with them. I mean, yeah. they, they earned whatever you decide you're going to do with them because it was, uh, it was an eyesore of a game. Um, you know, the, the other thing I wanted to point out um, I had a lot of people say, man, you guys didn't give Oregon any chance. Well, you go back and look at the film review I posted, and I think I posted like eight videos total. Four of them are showing what offense. What their what their team does well. I showed the different discipline, defense, and in hand placement. Uh, I showed the way they set their pockets well. I showed their offensive line in in run game and uh, how dominant they can be, physical at the point of attack. And then, Scotty, you and I we talked about it. Said if Tyler Huntley turns into old Tyler Huntley then Oregon could be in this game. Yeah. If Oregon wins the turnover battle, then Oregon could be in this game. You know, and, and it was just crazy to see some of the, the fallout and the reaction. And people are like, you guys didn't even give them a chance, didn't you? Well, yeah, because I really thought Utah was the favorite in this game. Yeah, I really did. Yeah. You know, you, you, you give me the sample size that I had with really Arizona State and Oregon State coming into the game. And, and then I did throw in that Washington game. And I just, you could not have painted this picture for me, that they were going to beat Utah up in the trench. You couldn't have told me that. I just, there's there's no way. So you, there's no way Arizona State and Oregon State are that much more physical than Utah in the trench, that, that they didn't get handled like that. Um, but we, we did see some things that Oregon was doing. We knew that their offensive line was absolutely beast. Just didn't realize that they were going to dominate Utah. Yeah, Didn't realize it. Yep. Didn't see it coming. Um, but I'll own it. You know, I mean, I probably hit on 10 games uh, this season for Utah and missed on a couple. I missed on this one. And we miss on some. But I swear, I'm less embarrassed than Utah is. Those guys <laughs> in the locker room, they've got to be heartbroken because I think that they saw what I saw. Yeah. In fact, I know they saw what I saw because I talked to staff I know what they saw. Now they had a tremendous amount of respect for them, but they didn't think that Oregon was going to come out there and throw haymakers. They didn't. They thought that they could stay in this one and, and probably win the battles.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Can we bring this up real quick? Because I saw I saw a little bit of on on Twitter, and I don't know how how I saw it more than I thought I would see, and I don't know how crazy it got. But stop with the fire, Whittingham. Just don't do it. <laughs> Just stop! Like I, I saw a little. I just, I saw that. Don't be and don't be tweeting at players. These guys, I, I felt bad for the players. Yeah, and you got you got fans that were tweeting at players, and I'm just like, you know what? Like these guys busted their ass like all season long. They, you know, they they were a good team, and they just they had a they had a bad game. But don't don't be don't be tweeting them up a storm, and 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 bust busting them up over it, and and don't be starting fire Kyle because. You know what? You're not going to have anything better than Kyle Whittingham. The guy's won you a lot of games. He's put the program on the map. Well, and to see that after 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 he's gone, he got to the, the team to a Pac-12 championship twice. It's just it's it's a little bit overreaction.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and let's you know, this is what I'll say about that too. Is first off, yeah, don't be an idiot. There's nothing worse than a bunch of forty-year-old dudes tweeting at twenty-year-old uh, college football players, telling them they suck. I think that's embarrassing, and frankly. You, should, uh, you shouldn't you should be on a social media platform as, if that's what you're doing, and, and you can't control yourself better than that. That's ridiculous. Second of all, um, Mark Harlan very quietly has made a lot of changes to that athletic department at the University of Utah. Uh, he's come in with a different vision than Chris Hill. He's changed a lot of things up. I mean, he has completely revamped a lot of what Utah does in that athletic department and will probably continue to do so. But one thing he did do very quickly at the University of Utah is get Kyle Whittingham signed to an extension. So here's a guy who wanted to rework things a little bit and change how Utah did things, but also has been around the country long enough to know that you don't see coaches like Kyle Whittingham often. And you are, you thank your lucky stars when you have stability with a quality coach of the caliber of Kyle Whittingham. So you do everything you can. To make him feel as comfortable and happy as possible, he's changed a lot up there. But one thing he did not want to even remotely come close to doing is revamping that football program and their coaches. And 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 that just goes. And that's from a guy on the outside looking in, coming in and realizing, oh my gosh, this is a really good thing. You don't mess with it. Let's keep it the way it is. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. And here's the deal. Utah's got to get ready. They got to beat this Texas team. I'm a little bit nervous about their motivation and how they show up in this bowl game against Texas. But they need to beat this Texas team. And at the end of this, when we look at it and we say, "All right, well, that's a 12 and two team. That's a lot to be proud of."
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: That is that is a tremendous accomplishment. And I know people are heartbroken about the Pac-12 championship, but let's be honest, uh, you know, congratulations to those seniors for getting back to the championship game. I hope that they can prepare and end the season on a positive note with a win in the Alamo bowl and show some resolve and show up in this bowl game and get a win for coach wit because a 12 and two season is, it's amazing. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a fantastic season, guys. And I, I know that people are going to be unhappy with where they ended up. They missed the rose. They missed the college football playoff. They missed the cotton bowl and they went all the way down in this Alamo bowl, but it's still a fun matchup. It's, you know, the, the, a lot of great classic, um, football played by Texas over the years. Still a good matchup. And if they win it, still a ton to be proud of. And this season will still be a great season for the University of Utah.
2: Yeah, well, they not may they may not be the Texas of old, but it's still a uh, it's still like a I'd uh, uh, a top we say a top five name brand with Texas.
0: Oh yeah, yeah they
2: don't got,
1: major they, name don't name got major they don't got major they don't got major apple white, but they're pretty
2: good. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that you I'm go not. out there and you 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 beat the brand.
0: Can't make fun of major apple white. I love major apple white.
2: Major (laughs) Applewhite. Great, great name.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well, gentlemen, uh, that'll wrap it up. That's another edition of your um, morning after slash afternoon after podcast.
1: uh, Really quick, I did want to make mention Weber State one
0: Yes, I I meant to right get to that. The the second round
1: of the the playoff that they're in, um, really a dramatic win. Yeah. fantastic
0: game for them and they got a rematch against montana in ogden uh montana got him uh over at montana uh weber state has a chance to get a little revenge on him uh coming up next week in weber so yes please uh if you're in ogden get your tickets go see uh jay hill and the crew support that team uh because that should be a really fun game coming up next week great great point hands yep all right, that wraps it up for us. thanks for joining us. That's your morning after podcast, Scott Gerard Hansels and Lloyd Cole right here on 97, 1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network.